Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. Guess who's back in the house? Hello. For Halloween. It's Halloween. It's us on Halloween. <laughs> Yay. The best day of the year. It actually is a hero holiday. Like, me I'm not too. kidding. Like, I fucking Christ- love Halloween. Oh, me too. Like, Christmas, love seeing my fam. Fam, love seeing you guys. Halloween just slaps. I could do without Christmas. Not that I don't like seeing my family. I just there's too much pressure. There's too much. Yeah. Too formal. Yeah. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance around yeah. Christmas, and a lot of like angst leading up to it with mm-hmm. like all the like prep. Halloween is just like a it's hella chill. It's fun. You get candy. Fuck a shit ton of candy. And like I don't know, like I find that decor much more fun to put up and interact with. And yeah. like Christmas decor is like pretty and it's nice mm-hmm. and it makes for a great shot and a great gram, but like. I want to put a 12-foot skeleton up on my lawn and not be judged for it. And <laughs> Halloween's my only opportunity to do that. And, like, Halloween's wild. Oh, my God. And there's so many things you could do. There's so many activities. Like, Christmas, you're, you're stuck. It's outside. It's cold. Nah. Yeah. Like, it's very, and it's very, like, cut and paste. Like, you always do the same things yeah. for Christmas. Halloween, like, there's, like, huge parties. You get to do a different costume mm-hmm. or the same one if you wanted. Like, do whatever you want. Yeah, it's your Halloween. You can go to seances. Yeah. Go to haunted walks what's the wiccan holiday sawin yeah i couldn't remember pagan pagan sorry (laughs) either way like it's just like all souls day Mm -hmm. like i just i love it i think Mm -hmm. it's so cool i find it like much more interesting yes as a non-christian yeah there's a lot of history behind it oh hell yeah get it oh oh. Oh, very funny (laughs) spooky and like i mean obviously as like two women who have started a <laughs> creepy podcast like obviously we have a bit of an incline towards <laughs> things of this nature and then macabre oh my god i'm really excited me too so you a special one for you guys today yes um so this is not replacing the episode that's coming out tomorrow but since it's halloween we had it we had to do something special yeah. Um, so for this episode, we, we have some Halloween stories, some creepy stories for you. Uh, just some good old Halloween fun. Yeah. In the great words of Alyssa Edwards, oh. okay, spooky, megalamooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but to start, I actually have some fun facts for you. Lay them on us. So my first fun fact is about haunted houses and how they came to be about in the specifically the states i don't know about the rest of the world one ghost came on the mayflower (laughs) to colonize (laughs) sorry go ahead (laughs) so pretty much um so before the great depression halloween was basically this time which is kind of kind of is but more restrained but it was a time for boys and men now girls and women are included uh to blow up some steam in in a harmless way so halloween was known as that time where people would just pull shit love that now when i was reading the article they're like kids would pull harmless pranks such as stealing gates and stealing corpses 
Yeah, super harmless when so- you're <laughs> fucking with a dead body. No problem. <laughs> okay, harmless, cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lewis is here. Um, so harmless pranks. Yeah. Uh, so specifically, specifically in 1879 in Kentucky, 200 boys stopped a train on its track by posing a fake stuff body on the tracks no big deal no that's not illegal i'm sure yeah very fun so then people moved on and we moved on to 1900 where shit got a little bit worse some medical students from the university of michigan decided to steal an actual corpse from the lab and tie it to the front doors of the building oh go wolverines yeah (laughs) that is their team by the way so (laughs) then we the harmless ramped up a little bit okay to 1933 which was known as black halloween in reference to black tuesday because okay. just fucking it was nuts oh so all across the states hundreds of teenagers of young adults they just went wild and rioted in this in the streets just for funsies just for funsies love they that for them sawed off telephone poles uh, they flip cars. There's vandalism everywhere. There probably was corpses were stolen, <laughs> as one does on Halloween. That was, you know, harmless. that's what we're doing today: <laughs> stealing bodies, body snatchers. So that the year Halloween was known as Black Halloween. Year after, people just were done with it. They were scared. They wanted to boycott it. So instead of boycotting Halloween, what they've decided to do is to create a safe environment for people come in haunted houses okay yeah so that's why haunted houses were created so like so like okay oh i thought you meant like literal haunted houses no <laughs> so like no, i they're like funsy ones okay like okay i got it very cool yeah so that's how um so they decided to that's where the parties came out like all of those fun activities we do now without stealing corpses um and that's where those came from to prevent people from rioting they gave them something else to do. It's like a really like toned down purge, except yes. it's just you go to a house and a teenager jumps out in a bed sheet at you. Yeah, that's it. Also, if you go to those, don't fucking like get up in the actors' faces who are trying to make it fun. Just don't go. Yeah, stay home. If, if you're a loser, stay home. <laughs> like I don't get scared during them. Like I've gone with stuff, and I am the person who walks ahead. I I don't I don't like go I don't like it. I know they're too close to me. Just fuck off. Don't. I'm always the friend who has to go at the front because I'm not scared. But I'm I not like, shit about it. I will go. I usually try to go in the middle and then I don't, depending who's behind me. Like I went once with my family. My sister like was pulling on my hoodie and strangling me the entire time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I see that for her. I love that. So since then I'm like, you know what? I'll go at the front. But then that just, it's, there's no good position. I feel like you could put still at the front. I haven't gone with my mom, actually. Really? I feel yeah. like your mom would be, like, the best person to go with. I, I don't know. I'm not going back. I'm not doing it. Fine. I'll go with your mom to Saunders. You don't have sure. to come. You can do it next year. It'll be great. 10 out of 10. No. So now I'll have a blast. <laughs> and I so that's my first fun fact for you. I love that. I actually have a second one, too. Trick-or-treating. Okay. Um. So, as we mentioned, Halloween was Samhain. Well, it's still Samhain, yeah. uh, but it's pagan. So basically in that time, so Samhain is the day where the fail is at its finest. So it is believed that ghosts and stuff. Is it the same as All Souls Day? 
that comes in. Oh, yeah. yeah very intuitive. <laughs> Good job, me. Okay, sorry. Um, continue. So basically, on Samhain, it was believed that since the veil's at its finest, ghosts and stuff are walking around, and to protect themselves, people would dress up in costumes so that the ghosts would be confused, and they would follow them home. Oh. They didn't know who was a ghost and who wasn't a ghost. I'm like, oh my god, ghosts oh, everywhere. Shit, there's all of us here. <laughs> What's up, ghosties? <laughs> so... That was the tradition, and then obviously when the Catholic Church gained popularity, they took over and started to changing up the traditions, they created All Souls Day. Um, so All Souls Day, and that's where people would go, basically, same thing as Samhain and all that. Uh, well, not same thing, but that's they're trying to replace with All Souls Day. And what you would do is that you would go souling, and that was for poor people. Okay. So people that were poor in the community would dress up and go souling, which meant that they would knock door to door, ask for food, and then people would give them food and they would change it with prayers. So that's what souling was. Wow. No, I expected it to be like they had to go ask for souls. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is souling? No. So they would go ask for food, they okay. would get food, and then they would change exchange prayers. I see where this is going. So Love that's it. where trick-or-treating. Yeah. So that's probably, there's probably more to it as to why it changed, but that's the main, it's my second fun fact of, I love it. Yeah. Did you also hate it as a child when you'd be like trick or treat and they would actually try to get you to do a trick and I'd be I like, know. just give me my fucking chocolate like, bar. That's not part of the deal. No. No. I want a bag of sour cherry lasters and I want you to <laughs> fucking let me go to the next house. I've got work to do. I'm pretty sure I would just like stare at them. I was too shy back then. Uh. I just like shut up. I would be there with my, like, snowsuit under my costume looking like the Michelin man, like, <laughs> it's fucking negative 40. Give me my fucking candy. I just stare at them until, and then they're like, oh, that girl's wearing just chuck food at her so she can leave. <laughs> just like, get away. So. That's so fun. Do you have, so those are my facts. I love your facts. Now I'm ready for stories. Okay, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna be telling creepy pastas today. Steph and I are gonna take turns telling stories. Yeah. Um, but the first one I'm gonna share is actually a story that I first encountered on I think YTV. Oh really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was YTV. It's either YTV or Teletoon, and one of the two. So we're Canadian, Teletoon. in case you didn't know. I miss that. It still exists, doesn't it? But yeah, sure I mean, does, we're like not... hundred years old, so yeah, it's not we don't watch us. it. Um, but there was this TV show that had, like, cartoons of, like, urban legends and creepy stories. Like, it wasn't Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it wasn't, um, Ghost Goosebumps. It was, like, a whole different show, I think. Okay. And it had, like, a whole whack of them. But this is one of my favorite ones. It's called The Red Spot. And I, I literally copied in this story from TV Scary, or scary, from the Scary Stories for Kids website. Also, like, what a fucking weird story for <laughs> children. I mean, all of the Halloween stories are... Yeah. Like, once you reread them, you're like, are you sure you should be so like, telling this to kids? Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, Steph and I were talking about this earlier. Like, it's so weird that these are, like, aimed at for kids. Not the creepypastas, obviously, but, like, stories of the ilk that I'm about to uh, thrust upon you guys. Because, like, they're pretty hair-raising. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's this one... I had this book called, like, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And one of the stories was literally, like, in a gist, it was about a kid having the wrong leg amputated. Oh, <laughs> Like, that was, like, the whole, like, the, that's the synopsis of the story. And I was like, holy shit, when I was, like, 11 reading this. So, I was, so I 
have a nephew and he he just turned one so i get like i went to get some like children halloween books for him for for his uh, his age and he was walking around chapters and there's like legit like haunted canada kids yeah like there's so many of like these like really creepy books all i am forgetting like who who is buying these for their like little psychos like no oh yeah also guys if you hear heavy breathing it is not steph and i it is lewis <laughs> he is on He's my joined. lap yeah, he's going like, oh. so I think you guys probably just heard that when Steph was talking. It was Lewis. He was just out shouting at our neighbor dogs. He's very tired now. Yeah, and now he's just uh, breathing quite heavily. I'll uh, calm down a bit. Yeah, he's here and he's he also gets scared of stories, so yeah. we're thinking of him. Anyways, I digress. Story time. Here is the red spot. So we're reading these, I think, verbatim from our sources. So here I go. One night, a young girl was sleeping in bed when a cry. Cryder. <laughs> Let's try that again. One night, a young girl was sleeping in her bed when a spider crawled across her face. It stopped for a few minutes on her left cheek, then it went on its way. When she woke up the next morning and looked in the mirror, she noticed a red spot on her cheek. Uh-oh. What's this? She asked her mother. It looks like a spider bite, her mother replied. You'll be Spider-Man. <laughs> Your name is Peter Parker. <laughs> okay, sorry. It will go away. Just don't scratch it. Soon, the small red spot grew into a big red boil. Look at it now, the girl said. It's getting bigger. That happens sometimes, her mother said. It's coming to a head. In a few days, the red spot was even larger. Look at it now, the girl said. It hurts so much, and it makes me look so ugly. Also, blemishes don't make you ugly, people. Yeah. We'll have to have the doctor look at it, her mother said. Maybe it's infected. But the doctor couldn't see the girl until the next day. That night, she decided to take a nice, relaxing bath. As As she lay soaking in the warm water, the boil suddenly burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs their mother had laid in her cheek. (laughs) Nope. One of my faves. That's just what a great visual. That's ten out of ten. No wonder people like are terrified of their pimples. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, not great. All right, you ready for mine? Oh yeah. Okay. So mine also is in the like it's an origin story of something. It's my origin story. There you go. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, mine won't be verbatim though. Oh, that's my different format for you guys. Keep you on your toes. Um, so I will talk about the legend of Stingy Jack. Stingy or stingy? Stingy, I believe. Stingy would make more sense. Does he run around with like a needle, like poke? <laughs> I don't know. I'm French. Come on, Jack. C'est Jacques. C'est Jacques. C'est Jacques. <laughs> La Jean de Jacques. Bonjour, c'est moi, Jacques. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, uh, probably stingy, so that, that would make worse sense. Like, is he cheap? Yes. So stingy. Stingy, stingy okay. Yeah. All right, so Legend of Sting... I can say stingy it now. Jack. God damn, Stingy Jack. This is a little... This is Jack's story. <laughs> um, so, Stingy... I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. So we're going to forget about that word. It's the story of Jack. So Jack was a old and miserable drunk who loved to trick people. So on Halloween night, 
Jack went to the local public house. And he just happened to run into the devil. As one does. Yeah. Sup? Sup, Beals? So, obviously, Jack, who was cheap, uh, didn't want to pay for his drink. So he decided that he was going to get the devil to pay it for him and trick him. Okay. He has ambition. He has delusions. <laughs> He's like, who can I trick the most? Definitely so, Lucifer. He went for the devil. So he offered his soul to the devil and said, I will give you my soul if you pay for my trick. What a higher cost. So the devil obviously was like, yeah. So devil agrees and quickly he turns himself into a sixpence to pay the bartender for the drink. As soon as he turns, Jack grabs the coin, shoves it in his pocket, where there's a silver cross next to it. So the cross prevents the devil from changing back. So he trapped the devil in his pocket. uh, And after some pleading, the devil kept asking to release him. And Jack said, I will only release you if you will not come and collect my soul for the next 10 years. Obviously, the devil agrees. 10 years come and go. Jack is walking down the, in this country road. And again, he just stumbles on the devil. So he tells the devil, like, yeah, it's been 10 years. Time to collect my soul. Um, But I would really like a bite of the apple, of an apple. And there happens to be a apple tree right next to it. Can you grab me an apple, please? Devil doesn't see the harm in it. He's like, yeah, there's nothing he can trap me with. So Devil jumps up into the apple tree, goes to grab an apple, and then Jack quickly grabs, has some crosses with him, and surrounds the tree with some crosses. Again, trapping the Devil. Poor Devil's like, fuck. (laughs) So, Devil is trapped. There's some negotiation. And the devil agrees that he will never collect Jack's soul if he lets him go. So Jack obviously got what he wanted. Lewis has something to say in the mic. Yeah, Lewis is breathing heavily. <laughs> right in front of the mic. Let's come here. You're so weird. So reluctantly, the devil agrees. Um, and let's and Jack lets him go. So <laughs> sorry, I am wrestling my 95-pound dog onto my lap to um, into the mic. So that night goes seven years seven years later, um, Jack dies. So Jack happens upon the gates of heaven, but obviously God would not let him in. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, <laughs> you have a friend you go need to go talk to, Jack. Uh, he says that Jack is not allowed to be there because he's deceitful, tight-fisted, and a drunk. So then obviously Jack goes to hell to go see the devil. He's like, hey buddy, <laughs> <laughs> it's me. But when the devil sees them, he decided that he will keep his promise and never collect Jack's soul. So then Jack looks behind him and sees it's completely dark where he came from. He asks the devil where he needs to go, and the devil just says, you gotta go back from where you came from. So before going, Jack asks at least for something to light his way. So the devil gives him an amber from hell, in which Jack happens to have a turnip in his pockets. Turnips are his favorite food. So whenever he can what? steal them, yeah. Turnips are his thing. So whenever he manages to steal turnips, he does, and then he just keeps them in his pockets. So he had a hollowed up turnip. Decides to put the amber in the turnip, 
and uses that as a lantern. Okay. And then he is cursed to roam the world until basically forever, for all eternity. So that legend explains why, like, the the origin of jack-o'-lanterns. Oh! Yeah. So, so this is from, um, so this is an Irish myth, right? So in Ireland, uh, people would use hollowed-out turnips, and they would put, uh, they would put whatever candles in them and they would stick them on their windowsills, on their, uh, their doors, outside of their doors to make sure that Jack didn't come to frighten him away from their houses. So that's how they would protect themselves from Jack. And then, um, so basically that was a tradition that was done basically everywhere. So in Scotland, Ireland, it was, uh, turnips, potatoes they would use in England. They would use beets as well to do scary lanterns. Uh, and then in North America, as, People immigrated to North America. They brought that tradition with them, but they found that pumpkins actually make a good. Oh yeah, turn. I was just thinking that was like the diff- the si- of all the sizes. Like a pumpkin is like ideal. To yeah, get Aaron, for your flame. Yeah, so that's where. That's the story about why we have jack-o'-lanterns all over a fucking beer. Yeah, <laughs> this bitch couldn't pay a <laughs> sixpence. Nope, and now he's cursed to. Oh, yeah, stingy mingy, my mm-hmm. goodness. <laughs> Lewis, you're really vocal today. Yes. Not, I'm not, like, I love you, but I'm not loving this. Oh, it's drooling on my arm. <laughs> it's a nice visual. It's, yeah, Steph gets to watch Lewis just, Whoa. God, okay. Well, your turn. There we go. Okay, Lou and I are comfy. Okay, perfect. Story <laughs> time! So I'm going to tell you guys the story of the Smiling Man. It mm-hmm. is a Reddit creepypasta. Okay. Um, and it's a first-person story, so I'm going to tell it from the first person. Um, about five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I mean, who isn't from the U.S. on the internet? Uh, Everyone's American. Yeah. The, the internet is America. Yeah. No one else. <laughs> I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. How rude. I know. It's like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend that time thinking. At night? Clearly, this is a man. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> a femme person could never. No. No. Cis men, that is, man, we could never. Okay. Um, I spent four years like that. Four years. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of nights walking alone. Walking alone at night and never once had a reason to feel afraid. Must be nice. You should see the look Steph and I are just giving each other. Like, (laughs) I fucking would get Ubers from, like, downtown to a restaurant near my house with my friends and walk home. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, 200 meters. And I would feel scared at 200 meters. Yeah. I have the added danger of bears. Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> the wilderness just descending upon you at night. <laughs> Jesus. I used to always joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers were <laughs> in the city were polite. But all that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday. Somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights was completely empty. I turned down a short side street, a short side street. (laughs) Jesus. It's okay. 
in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of my street, on my side, was a silhouette of a man dancing. Oh. Party time. <laughs> it was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, then he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, head straight for me. I would cross the damn street. <laughs> Run! Be like, bye. <laughs> Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. Oh, wow. He's a dance. As long as he's graceful. He's Ow. a dance. Lewis is punching stuff. <laughs> the closer he got, the more I realized. Oh, no, I saw that already. Okay. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open and wild. Head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide <laughs> Sorry, cartoon Sorry, this is attacking me. Lewis! <laughs> be cool. Is that about you? You're not a host. He's like, I am the real star here. <laughs> Lewis. What if you hold the mic? Yeah, I'm going to hold the mic. Yeah, hold the mic. You guys don't hear your stuff. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I mean, fair. Yeah. I started walking again, but he kept my eye, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put up, sorry, once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He'd crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's so much worse. Yeah. Like it just is. It's uh, not normal behavior. No. I mean, now there's fucking dancing down the street, but. Uh, I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I looked away for him, from him for no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I took, I stood there for some time, staring at him. And then he started moving towards me again. Uh-oh. Gross. He took giant, exaggerated tiptoe steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. <laughs> except he was moving very, very quickly. <laughs> what? Ex no. Oh, God. I'd like to say at this point that I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all. But I didn't. Why? Why would you not? I like. I would fucking. You're just memorized by like the dancing and the. Oh my steps god! He's like put it on a show before killing you. Apparently, I just stood there completely frozen as the smiling one, smiling man crept towards me. What a fucking mental image! Ugh. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling a smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what do you want? In an angry, commanding tone, what came out was a whimper. What? <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. Yeah. I heard it in my own voice. <laughs> that only made me more afraid. It's not funny, but it's, it's really funny. <laughs> but he didn't react at all. He just stood there, smiling gross and then after what felt like forever he turned around very slowly and started dance walking away 
Just like that. Jazz hands. Spirit <laughs> fingers. Jazz hands. Spirit fingers. Not wanting to turn my back on him again, I just watched him go. Cool. Until he's far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. <gasps> Gross. I ran too. Same. Same, buddy. I ran until I was off the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. <sighs> the rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but <laughs> he was never there. Gross. Thank fuck. <laughs> I feel like it would be worse if he was actually following him on like a busy street. Yeah. Gross. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. Good. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> there was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. Okay, but like, he could have been on stimulants. He might not have looked high in like the like way we always expect. You know, it could have been a hat man. Could have been a hat man. Does the hat man dance? Does he dance He will do whatever he wants to do. He just keeps coming back to us, yeah. that man. Yeah. It's our boy. You know who we need for this? Who? Figure out who it is. It's Constable Round Pound. <laughs> Constable Round Pound <laughs> on the case. He's the man of action, the man for the job. Yes. God. That was disgusting. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I love that for us, though. Yeah. Gross. Okay, please take us away. Give us something else to think about. Okay. Well, I have our favorite Halloween story what's the favorite story the yellow ribbon oh that is my favorite story <laughs> okay okay all right so this is the story of johnny and jenny johnny was a very curious boy and jenny was a nice but very quiet girl so they made a good pair totally the most curious thing about john jenny was that she wore a yellow ribbon around her neck at all times johnny who was very curious every day he would ask her why she wore the ribbon around her neck and Jenny would answer, I can't tell you now, maybe later. So they, so Johnny forgot about it. They grew up together, uh, never asked her the question again, but did see that she actually was never without the ribbon. Wore it every single day. I wonder if she was known as like the crazy ribbon girl. Oh, for sure. In the neighborhood, they were like, oh my God, there comes Jenny with her yellow ribbon. She thinks she's yeah. all that with her yellow ribbon. They were like, you know, like, like as a, she was a, like a little kid, they were like, oh, it's cute. But then when they got into being teenagers, they are like, okay, it's not cute anymore. But then chokers came back in style and they were like, yeah. damn, Jenny. She brought it. She, it was actually, it was Jenny who started it. Her. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when they were teenagers, Johnny decided to ask her again. Because maybe this time he'll get an answer. Mm. Jenny, why do you wear that yellow ribbon? Jenny answers, I can't tell you now, maybe later. Jenny and Johnny eventually fell in love and got married. Love that. She was a beautiful bride dressed in her white gown with her white veil and, of course, her yellow ribbon. Of course. On the day of their wedding, Johnny decided he needed answers. So he asked her, why do you wear that yellow ribbon? But she gave her the same answer as always. I can't tell you now, maybe later. So Johnny and Jenny had a long and happy life. They had kids. They happily lived throughout the years. Jenny never removed the yellow ribbon from her neck, and Johnny never asked her. Wow. One day, when they were both very old, 
Johnny figured that it was time. Might as well ask her again. What does he have to lose? Why do you wear that yellow ribbon? Jenny looked at Johnny and said, I guess it's time to show you. If you want, you can untie it. Johnny's hand trembled as he reached for the ribbon. Slowly, he pulled the ends of the ribbon away from Jenny's neck. And to his horror, as he pulled the ribbon off of her neck, her head fell off and rolled away from him. Gross. Yeah, but, like, how much would that ribbon stink if she wore it for years? Like, presumably she bathed. She swam. Yeah. But, like, wouldn't it get, like... I mean, this girl, her head is, like, not attached. I mean, yeah, let's talk about realistic things. (laughs) I don't think hygiene was, you know... Top tissue air. Or not top tier. (laughs) Top tissue. Gross. Top tier issue. Isn't this your favorite kid story? Because this is a kid story. Yeah, very for free children. (laughs) Hey, kids, by the way, you cut something off, just get some ribbon. Yeah, it's fine. Also, they'll fix it. People without heads can live. You don't need heads to be attached. No big deal. It's not like a mortal wound. It's not. It's hopeful gross i hate that i mean it's my favorite it's my favorite story it's my favorite like urban legends yeah it's a good one so my part is done i don't have any more stories for you guys i have one last one of it's my favorite um this is one that we could like realistically do like a whole episode on just talking about okay and it's one that i'm sure like a lot of our listeners are familiar with okay and it's also not real it's from the creepy pastor website I know. I know that, like, we've been going for, like, truth only with the last ones. Yes. Um, but it's the Russian sleep experiment. Oh, very cool. So I'm going to read it verbatim from the Creepypasta. Okay. Um, so thank you to Creepypasta Wiki and Creepypasta.com for my stories. Don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my paranoia. Um, litigation freaks me out. Okay. So. <clears throat> Russian sleep experiments. <laughs> Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them since it was toxic in high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras. They only had a microphones and five and a five-inch thick glass. Wow, sorry, I'm having a stroke. It's okay, it's Halloween. <laughs> the spirits are taking over. Yeah. There is a but that's my body. <laughs> okay, so recapping, this is before closed CCTV. So they only had microphones and five-inch thick glass portable-sized windows into the chamber to monitor them. So little windows. Okay. Also, five-inch thick glass. That's really fucking thick. They knew. Seems like, successful. That gas. We're not getting it. Gross. So the chamber was stocked with books. Costs to sleep on, but no bedding, running water, and toilet. And enough dried food to last all five for over a month. The test subject were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days, and the subjects hardly complained, having been promised falsely that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they all continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took a dark took on a darker aspect after the four-day mark. I mean, good that they were sharing their trauma. Yeah. It's a good thing to work through. Yeah. After five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. Mm-hmm. They stopped talking to each other and began alternatively uh, whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, listen, <laughs> Alphonse, fuck that guy. <laughs> Sucks. Fucking say him. Yeah. See, Mike? <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Is this big brother? Mike, if you're listening, you're not a bitch. <laughs> Mike, you're cool. Uh, oddly, they all seem to think they could try when the trust of the experimenters for turning on their comrades, uh, the other cap- subjects in captivity with them. At, fr- at first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. Ellipses. Oh. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. Oh, shit. He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. So I didn't know what knocking about. <laughs> he continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. Oh. oh but, um, the researchers postulated that he had physically torn his vocal cords. Also, like, I mean, like, this is base level evil. Yeah. But, like... And that shit hurts. Yeah. I've hurt my vocal cords. Me too. At work. I've heard of them after, like, a few... Like, when I was in a singing... I Uh, did, like, singing classes, and we were doing, like, a few concerts. And I did, like, damage them at one point, because it was too much. Fuck, it hurts, man! Yeah, man. I was lifeguarding. I was just yelling at kids. shitty kids. Not always shitty, sometimes. Stop running! It's more adults. They're the worst. <laughs> Man, go back to the story. Anyways, <laughs> the most surprising thing about his behavior is how the other captives reacted to it. Or, rather, didn't react to it. Wow. Yeah. Talk about being able to tune people out. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming cat captives took the books apart, smeared each page with their own feces, and then pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. That's disgusting. The screaming promptly stopped. <gasps> so did the whispering to the microphones. Fuck. Who knew that you could use poo as glue? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's gross. I can't help myself. <laughs> After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working. Since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be... I'm sorry, coming... three days? Three days. <laughs> okay. This is the epitome of scientific prestige. <laughs> Jesus. God. After three more days, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside. That makes sense, too. The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. Oh. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a heavy, with, sorry, at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. I'm just imagining them all doing jumping jacks all day. For a fucking orgy. Uh. Ew. <laughs> No, with the feces pages. Hey, at that point, like, they don't care anymore. They've talked about things, they've bonded, exactly. and now they're boning. <laughs> On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they, did, they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. Uh, they used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke a res- any response from the captives they were afraid were either dead or vegetables. They announced, We are opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase in a calm voice response. We no longer want to be freed. Gross. So gross. Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funding the research. Ideal to provoke any more response using intercom is finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. Why midnight? Because it's spooky time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a spooky story. 
This chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened, and the soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the su five subjects were still alive. Wow, one died. Although no one could rightly call the state of, of, any, of any of them in life. The food rations past day five had not so much as to been touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead, sub Ooh, dead test subjects' why? thighs and chest stuffed into the drain in the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Precisely how much of the water was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know how you hate flesh. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth, as the researchers initially thought. It's going to be okay. You're almost <laughs> through it, Stephanie. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. Oh, I, need you to, I need you to be okay with what's going to happen next. Oh, no. I'm wearing curl up in a ball. There's <laughs> all more I can do. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> The abdominal organs below the ribbed cage of all four test subjects had been removed. <laughs> While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place, the skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the rib cage. All the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working, digesting food. It quickly became apparent that what they were digesting was their own flesh they had ripped off and eaten over the course of days. I'm sorry how you hate cannibalism. I'm sorry. This is just like a wild ride. Stephanie, if you guys can't see Stephanie, but she is like physically not okay. Also emotionally. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lewis. Most of the soldiers are Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many, still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded to be the gas to be turned back on lest they fall asleep. To everyone's surprise, including mine, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out, another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off, Holy and shit. an artery in his leg severed by one of the subjects' teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives, if you count the ones that died by suicide in the weeks following the incident. In the struggle, one of the four subjects had his spleen ruptured and he bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but this proved impossible. He was injected with more than 10 times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arms of one doctor. Oh my god. When Hart was seen to beat a full, for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point where he was no more, he was more air in his vascular system than blood. Jesus. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three, three minutes. Okay, that's not... I mean, none of this is realistic. That's especially not realistic. You cannot stop and scream when your blood, your heart is not pumping. You never know. It's Halloween. Okay. Anything's possible on this special day. Wait, if there's a doctor listening, please tell us. <laughs> Ashley, Sam, please advise. <laughs> Struggling to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over, weaker and weaker, until he finally fell silent. <laughs> Lewis is extremely upset. So am I, Lou. So am I. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. 
The two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for gas demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. Meanwhile, aren't there all their fucking organs out of their bodies? How is... Oh my god. Yeah. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to sedative that they had given him to prepare for the surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier was holding that wrist as well. Oh my god. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put it under, and the instant his his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stops. In the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones and struggled to not be subdued. Most of them were from the force his own muscles had exerted on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group to start, or first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery. He only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when anesthetic gas was brought near him. He shook his head yes when someone suggested, reluctantly, they tried the surgery without anesthetic and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be as it should be medically possible for the patient, or it should be medically impossible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. Ugh. Maybe he just wanted a friend. Well, she doesn't want a friend. She's fine. She's cool. She's like, oh, thanks. Not because she he smiles at her that she needs to be strong, okay? That's true. Ladies, She's paid to do her job. Yeah. People, you don't have to smile. No. You don't have to. You don't. I'm going to stay here behind this chair. Yeah, Steph's like fully hiding behind a piece of paper. <laughs> we have like pages more. Holy it's going to be okay. I know. We're going to get through this stuff. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be okay. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming that this must be something drastic important, the surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic as well, although they had to be injected for a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it was impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. Okay. Once paralyzed, the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared the system in an abnormally short period of time, and they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were asking again for the stimulant gas. The researchers asked why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped up their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. No, you must not. Nay, nay. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced and they were placed back into the chamber with waiting determination as to what should be done with them. Three searchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer, a former KGB agent, instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly ejected, but were overruled. In preparation for the seal- to be sealed again in the gas chamber, the subjects were connected to an 
EEG monitor and had the restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let to slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious at this point that all three were putting a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was throw holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG for most of the researchers were monitoring his brain was in surprise. They are normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he was repeatedly suffering from brain death before turning to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same time, the same moment as head the pillow. His brain was immediately changed to that of a deep sleep and then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. Oh my god. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwave showed the same flat lines, flat lines as the one who had died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside as well as three researchers. One Why? Of them because they're evil. Like, why three researchers? I'd be like, fuck no, just leave them alone. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point blank between the eyes oh, and turned on the, his gun on the mute subject and, this is their wording, not mine, blew his brains out as well. Oh, okay, very descriptive. When he pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still destroying to the bed as the remaining of the members of the research team fled the room, I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you. He screamed at the man who strapped on the table. What are you? He demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? The subject asked. We are you. We are the madness lurks within, within you all, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide in from your or hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go to the nocturnal haven where you cannot tread. The researcher paused, aimed at the subject's head and fired. The EG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out. So nearly free. Is it over? It's over. Oh, thank God. I know. That was disgusting. I know. You should have ended with the yellow ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's a scary one for Halloween. That's yeah. like an actual, I find that story like actually like. It's perfect for Halloween. Yeah, it's scary. It's creepy. It's unnerving. That was a fun huh? Ready for Halloween candy. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, happy Halloween. Yes. We hope you liked our special episode for you guys. Yeah, we worked very hard on it. We love you guys. Happy yes. Halloween. And we'll see you tomorrow, actually. Yeah, let us know what your costumes are. We're very curious. Yeah, send us pictures. We'll yeah. post uh, something. We'll, yeah. It'll, it'll be like a fun we'll surprise. Something. Yeah. You don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Keep it Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creepy Vibes Only. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching for Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. We absolutely appreciate and love your support, and you can do so by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to the show wherever you listen. If you wish to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voice message on our podcast's page on Anchor. We will talk to you in two weeks. Bye!